everyone, welcome to Talking Tropes. Where we're here to trope in your eyes to the possibilities. I'm Hannah. And I'm David. And today we're going to be talking about strong female characters. There's just so... How do you write a strong female character? There are just so gosh darn many of them, David. What, what um, are we going to do Give me some them? examples. What are some some strong female characters? Oh, that Jennifer Lawrence character in the new Red Sparrow movie. That's she. Yeah, she seemed pretty strong. She, she sure uses is her sexuality strong. for so, for crimes and and spies and and justice, violence and sex. Is is it justice though? Uh, like like morally dubious justice. Okay, you know? yeah, you gotta live um, that gray gray morality. Yeah, that's like a pretty common trope I think that you'll find with uh, action girls and strong female characters of all types. Yeah. Is moral dubiousness. Definitely. And bedevilry and Definitely. sexual empowerment being performed by just wearing less clothing. Yeah. And looking really serious. But then if anyone comments on her sexual clothing, they're terrible. Don't do that. Because yep. they're empowered. She'll punch you. She's so strong, stern. So, I just wanna... <laughs> so, like, we're obviously not saying that you shouldn't try to write empowered female characters. No, we're but very we, pro that. But we want you to consider in what ways are you empowering characters? Are you doing so just by reflecting on masculine traits? Or are you actually giving the character agency and power in her own story? Yeah. Um, and also, like, is your female character still ultimately there at the service of a male character in particular? Because that seems to be one that a lot of these strong female characters come up against. Well, yeah, some, but not all. I mean, I but think we're all. seeing a huge boom in female protagonists. But I Definitely. think that they do sort of draw on a trope-filled past of what a strong female character is supposed to be, which often leads to the accusation that the main characters are Mary Sue's. Yeah. Would you want to tell tell the listeners, David, what a Mary Sue is? <laughs> yes, a Mary Sue is a term coined around the '70s by someone who was writing about Star Trek fan fiction. So basically, it reflects the idea that a character is mainly there as a power fantasy of the author, um, someone who's trying to sort of insert a character with no flaws, with no character issues whatsoever, but who's just got some skills. Sort some of skills they're going to show off. The, I think a great example of a, of a male version of this, which would later become to know as a Gary Stew. Um, is the in the USS Callister episode of Black Mirror? Yeah, what a, that's a perfect example. Yeah, the the character that um, that that was the persona of the male character. Mm -hmm. He writes himself into the story about uh, Star Trek. He writes himself as Captain Kirk, but a Captain Kirk who never makes a wrong decision and has the love and admiration of all of his crewmates. And, at all times. You know, at all times, exactly. So fan fiction kind of bleeds over into fiction a lot because a lot of writers sort of start off um, writing 
very childlike stories about well, yeah, it's, how they're it's, part of their favorite superheroes. Exactly. Or... It's it's easy to get your start when you're writing or drawing or doing anything, working off of a template that you're already very familiar with, and then sort of experimenting from there. Um, exactly. And especially when you're younger, of course you want to put in the most powerful version of yourself that you can imagine, being on par with your favorite characters, um, it's, yeah, there's, a, there's a lot to talk about with Mary Sue's. Um, and if you guys want to, want to hear like a whole episode about them, let us know. We can certainly yeah, do something like that. Um, but so the but there's Mary's... a lot of overlap too. Cause like, I yeah. think if we're talking about like Star Wars, the, the new Star Wars, where you do have an empowered female protagonist, but had a lot of accusations of being a Mary Sue and a lot of accusations of being like just a strong female character trope rather than a character of her own. Right. Right. But what do you think about that character? Uh, the character of Ray? Yes. Um, in Star Wars, the force awakens. And then in last Jedi, I, I don't see her as any more of a Mary Sue than Luke Skywalker. And in fact, I think she's right. got like a more compelling reason to have half the skills that she has. And this is, this is part of the umbrage that I take with even the accusation of someone being like a quote-unquote strong female character or a strong female character italicized or whatever yeah. way you're going to ironically say it. Sure. Because I think it is a way to sort of reduce the value of these female characters by um, people who, you know, claim to be pushing for female empowerment themselves. I mean, like... There's a lot of male action heroes that have the same kind of, like, moral dubiousness as strong female characters and the same kind of um, poor characterization. Like, the early 2000s Punisher movie, or Daredevil, or, <laughs> you know, any terrible action movie from the early 2000s that we all want to forget about. Yeah, Catwoman. Yeah, so, like, is Catwoman that much worse written than Daredevil? Or Punisher. I like, mean, it's a worse written movie, maybe, because I don't think that anyone really believed that that movie could do well. But um, it's not really a worse written character. Yeah. I, so, like, to me, the, the, the idea of the strong female character has sort of become this buzzy marketing term that movies are really excited to throw out there whether or not it actually like like it's a, it's an overly simplistic term because strong female character is not something you never hear strong male character oh robert downey jr you're playing such a strong male character with iron man today like yeah i mean that's definitely true but then you have to consider the opposite like okay do we need do we actually need to point out when a character is empowered? Like, it is a marketing gimmick in order to get female butts in seats. Yeah. But it's maybe a necessary one if you consider how few female characters in the past were actually agents of their own story and weren't just, like, pawns. Sure. Who were unable to throw a punch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that's definitely a, a 
positive trend in our action movies where regardless of anything else, there's going to be punch throwing and gun shooting and sword wielding. Um, I mean, like if you're criticizing the idea that we can only see empowerment through violence, I mean, I would agree with you. Yeah. But if you're going to empower males through violence, like I think strong female characters could also be violent. Sure, absolutely. Um, there's a really there's a great article that I was reading for research. Um, it's from the zaxis.co, um, and it's by Amira K. Makanasi. Sorry if I just butchered your name, um, but but she has like a great little four point checklist of like how to see if your strong female character TM is more than just the name. Like, you're paying more than lip service to that fact. Let's hear the strongness. Okay. Let's hear about strength. One, does your strong female character take meaningful action beyond violence? So, like, this sort of goes back to what we were just saying. Right. So, like, why does it have to be beyond violence? Why can't the meaningful action be murdering the bad guy? No, it certainly can. As simplistic as that is. It totally can be... And, like, you know, there's no total black and white. Like, you brought up Kill Bill um, earlier. Yeah, Kill Bill, I think, is, like, a, a go-to example for a strong female character who's defined by violence. But any character in a Tarantino movie is going to be defined by violence. Right. Um, well, so, I think there, like, you know, there's an exception to every rule. Um, sure. And I think... Like, yes, you can just have a movie where the whole point is violence. That's that's fine. We would but, just want to see more variety. Exactly. And, and I think most movies' sole goal isn't violence. You know, Die Hard's sole goal isn't, like, the fun of it is the violence, but it's not sure. the only thing it's trying to do. Um, okay. So, like, if your strong female character only exists to shoot a gun, kick some ass, and then save the male hero so that he can do the, like, the real butt-kicking, um, then right. she needs to be able to take some sort of uh, other action. Like, this article gives the example of Hermione, who's really good at cursing her enemies, but she's also incredibly smart and, like, right. plays, plays different <laughs> roles in the story. Kind of, like, the thing about that, though, is if you're writing a character who's that much more capable than the male protagonist, you start to wonder why the female character just isn't the protagonist. That's true. You know? this That's was, true. This is, like, always, like, an issue that I have with the, the way that we define this is I feel like a secondary character is necessarily going to be less empowered than the main character. Because they're not the agent of the story. They're just the agent of their story. Yeah, I think that's that's sort of, um, like, the one problem that I had with the Lego movie is that it sort of does this. Right. And, like, like, it it sort of does it in... There's an arc for the character of Wildstyle, the the female deuteragonist or whatever, (laughs) to the main character, Emmett. Um, Like, she has her own arc, which is kind of... A critique of it's hard to say it's sort of a a commentary on the idea of this badass strong female character trope which is that she's picked a name and a lifestyle based entirely around looking cool yeah 
And her arc is to realize that she doesn't have to do that. She can just sort of be herself. Um, but I uh, go go ahead and explain all the plot points where yeah she she does sort of serve just as a a support class. Like right. She she does the I I think there's a trope name for it, but it's it's escaping me at this moment where uh, a more powerful female character exists just to um, be beaten by the main character to prove how strong he is. Um, um, yeah, I think that that is Trinity Syndrome. Yeah, I, I believe Which is so. named after the character Trinity from uh, the Matrix trilogy and was coined by Tasha Robinson of yeah. uh, the AV Club fame. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, it, it's this idea that this character is strong, but only up into a point, and that point is so that we can marvel at how really strong the main character is, you know? Sure, but isn't this kind of a natural consequence of having, a, you know, a character who isn't the main character? in, Especially in, you know, a messianic myth like The Matrix, where the main character is basically Jesus... Um, you kind of expect them to be sort of the master of the universe, which means all other characters, male or female, are going to be lesser than, right? Right. Well, so, like, my thing with the Lego movie is we find out that Emmett's the chosen one, but, like, right. it's a Wild, chosen one narrative. Wild Style wanted to be the chosen one. <laughs> um, right. And, like... It's usually that it's it's not that it's not a problem to have a male character be stronger than a female character in like a physical sense. What the problem is is that it tends to be these like schlubby, undeserved, no reason for them to have this power. Dudes. Right. Well, and the Lego movie, I think the Lego movie is just a bad example of this because it is so critical of that chosen one narrative, like. I think Harry Potter is way more guilty of this. Harry Potter is a fucking loser. He's bad at magic. He's not He's bad, bad at, at magic. Planning. What are you talking about? He's awful. He's the worst. He's I compared just, to Hermione, he's worse at everything. No, but compared to Hermione, everyone's worse at everything. And also, right, so why, the, why isn't she the main character? That's not true. There are there are lots of times when Harry is better at a particular thing than her, and we find great. We so see he her. can be the sidekick who helps out when you need someone to fly on a broom, and then she can be the main character. <laughs> can we can we rewrite uh, Harry Potter? Is it too late for that? Um, no, we could definitely do it. I mean. But like, but, but there what is I'm a... saying is that the Lego movie is a huge critique of that Chosen One style of storytelling because the thing that makes Emmett strong isn't being a badass and, like, punching people. It's literally just that he's able to befriend, you know, seemingly unbefriendable people and unify them under his schlubbiness, you know? Yeah. So it wouldn't make sense for the like it's not that he overtakes Wild Style in badassery. It's that he literally overtakes her because he's willing to be himself and she's not. And then okay. when she does become herself and reveals that her name is actually Lucy and not Wild Style, that's when she rallies everyone on Planet Lego together and sends out a message that unifies everybody into revolution. So I mean, yes, she's a secondary character. She's less empowered than the main character, but I think the Lego movie does a great job of challenging that Chosen One narrative and Trinity Syndrome. Okay. 
Um, well, let's move on to, to checkpoint number two. Okay. Um, does your strong female character exist as more than a foil for a prominent male character? Sure. So you would want, in a, in a really good story, you would want every single character to have an internal life of their own and, you know, to kind of be the, the protagonist of their own story. But, like, we both know that's not always the case. There is one actual protagonist in every story. Right. Um, I mean, even in ensemble casts, which I think um, tend to avoid this more, uh, mm-hmm. but even in ensemble casts, there does tend to be someone who is taking the most action or ends up with the most agency via whatever storytelling method you're employing. Right. I mean, like, in some ways you could even say this about any male sidekick or male secondary protagonist. Yeah. To a female character or to a male character. I mean, last time we talked about uh, Full Metal Alchemist, where you've got two brothers, but one brother is really the protagonist and the other is a deuteragonist. And then you have a female character who, in, in Winry, who's, you know, more or less a su- support class. Um, you know, I feel like no matter what, you're going to end up with this kind of issue with secondary characters, which is why we just need more female protagonists in general. Right. Um, I think number three on the list is really my biggest, uh, my biggest sticking point with this trope. Um, Does your strong female character have more attributes than just strong? And this is really where the crux of the issue lies for me is that people, writers in Hollywood these days seem to think that the only way you get a strong character is by making her more like a man. And, like, in an action movie, I understand that. She does need to be able to physically dominate people. Otherwise, it's not an action movie. But, like, some of our favorite action heroes aren't, like, the strongest. You know, they're the cleverest. Or, you know, like, Spider-Man's thing. Is it about I guess. But, like, I don't know. I think maybe a good example of this is comparing the original... Uh, Tomb Raider movies with Angelina Jolie Mm -hmm. to the upcoming reboot of the series. Okay, yeah. So both of these have female protagonists, but the characterization of Angelina Jolie's character is more or less just she's super badass and sexy and she kicks butt and she's like a video game character in that she doesn't really have an internal life. She's just a, she, a, either a self-insert or a, a person to look at and, uh, and view through like the male gaze yeah. as just a badass. And then the new character, based on the trailer, I, I haven't seen the, the movie, obviously, yeah. but um, the, based on the trailer, it seems like Lara Croft is a character in her own right. She has goals and desires. She has relationships with other characters. Yeah. Uh, predominantly her father, who she looks up to and then gets disillusioned about over the course of the movie. Yeah, I think that that actually goes perfectly into point number four, um, which is, does your strong female character take action in her in pursuit of her own goals? Which, like, in this case, yeah, we're saying she does. <laughs> Based on but the like, trailer. Here's... But then here's, like, my criticism of that point, which is just, so you're really not describing a strong female character anymore. You're describing a character who's well-written. Because, like, strength, I mean, it kind of implies that 
you know, physical or, or story-based empowerment of I'm able to accomplish the tasks that I set out to do. I have the skills to do that, um, which original Laura Croft, Angelina Jolie, Laura Croft is like, she is strong. She's just not well-written. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Um, but, but I think those two things are very important because there's been a dearth of well-written women in film. Sure. Um, like, I think ev- everyone would agree with that. Yeah. Um, people need to write better and you need to get more female writers to write women as women. Yeah. And not just as men in skirts. Well, right. That's that's sort of what I, I feel. And, and I, I will admit, I think that there has been a lot of progress made in recent years. Um, like, all of the women in Black Panther are both strong, but also vulnerable. Like, we get those right. larger... And those are support characters. So that kind of goes against what I was saying before, that it's only natural that, you know, a, a sidekick or... Um, support character or foil is going to be less empowered than the main character, which just really isn't the case right. for um, for Black Panther. So that kind of yeah trumps my earlier point. Yeah, like that's that's why I'm saying it's a failure of the writing of these characters and not just a necessity of oh well they're playing second fiddle. Right, but like what the way that Black Panther does that is obviously by destroying those tropes about chosen one narratives and all of that and making all of the making it an ensemble movie about you know yeah there's a leader but it's about his family and sure. then taking control of this country sure um so like like I think Black Panther's a great example um I, like obviously Wonder Woman you know like we're getting these strong like fully well, Wonder Woman I think is a really interesting example um because it's really just got one female character um yeah. throughout most of the story Well we start on the we start on the island yeah, uh, we start on the island where there's all of these badass women, and then by the end of the first act, we lose every single one of them and replace them with an ensemble cast of male stereotypes, <laughs> more or less, um, yeah. who all serve war functions. Yes. Well, you're saying that it's not really a good example of strong like female character writing, but I mean, I would disagree. I would say... I think that Black Panther is maybe more feminist than Wonder Woman, um, but... Go figure. Uh, <laughs> um, what? <laughs> Who would have thought? Um, no, but uh, but I think that like Wonder Woman herself is not a poorly written character. No, she's definitely well written because she has motivations uh, other than, um, you know, I've got to fight to win, and she has character traits other than strong yeah but it's it's still like um what else do you want to say about wonder woman i just never know what to say about Wonder. Woman. so like wonder woman to me it's like it only barely passes the bechdel test and it's really a story about like i don't think it barely passes it just doesn't pass it if you discount the first act Right. Well, I mean, I think like ha- having important scenes in like the climax of the movie between women is is also important. Sure. Um, but like I guess my main thing is just that like it's a story about a woman who 
is like a warrior for peace, which is this weird, like, psychic disconnect for me, thematic disconnect, where she's got, like, literally a sword and, like, kills people occasionally in the name of this idea of peace, which is just this weird concept, and I feel like it was done specifically to avoid just having her be a warrior, because that was seen as somehow too masculine. Um, I don't think so. I think that's just always a part of Wonder Woman, is that she fights for peace. For peace? I don't yeah. know if that is true. I mean, typically, like, yeah, all superheroes fight for peace, but, like, you don't see Superman doing the same kind of things in, like, a war scenario to fight the very concept of war because peace is the most important thing. I mean, like, typically a superhero is just fighting for the side of good. And, sure. like, Wonder Woman in the comics is often characterized as being way more war crazy than any other superhero. And I feel like the idea that she, you know, has to be really obsessed with peace and, like, almost anti-violence, like, like almost a pacifist, is strange to me. I, f- I just feel like it feels like an aversion to masculinity that I don't see the point in. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think that's, that's maybe a fair criticism. I mean, like, I'm not saying that, like, women need masculine traits, but, like, maybe, maybe it's more important, maybe it's less important to make strong female characters who are strong in feminine ways, but maybe to make male characters be strong in feminine ways, and then yeah. make female characters strong in a, a plurality of ways, a multitude. Yeah, I think, again, this is, like, another era, area where I think Black Panther knocks it out of the park. Um, of is that they have incredibly vulnerable moments with their male characters that don't right. that don't revolve around, oh, no, my love interest has died. Now I'm sad, mad. Now I'm smad, and I'm going to go punch things. It's like... <laughs> Smadness is, is maybe a trope that we can cover in the future. Yeah. I've never heard that before, but that sounds brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I've just coined a new trope. Um, smadness. Smadness. Um, but so, it, like, they have real emotional, vulnerable moments about their duty and about the the legacy and the responsibility of their kingdoms and their family. And, um, like, th- they have these incredibly well-rounded characters and arcs that a lot of men are not afforded in other movies. Like, even Killmonger, like, the yeah, hyper-masculine... The hyper-masculine villain, um, he gets a scene where he cries in front of his dad in, like, a very understated way that just... I think it's interesting to, like, kind of... Yeah, I think it's interesting to kind of compare the characterization in this movie to something that gets, like, a lot of praise from from boy types, like The Dark Knight, where the male characters are entirely male and the female characters are entirely feminine. Um, Like Bruce Wayne does not shed a tear in that whole series. Pretty much. He's just the stoic and the villains are always just pure villain and have no like character of their own. Yeah. And the female characters um, are always just sort of, complete support 
They're very um, much Cat the virgin horror dichotomy. Badass. Yeah, Catwoman is just a badass who's you know doesn't take no guff. Yeah, and that's she's why she's, she's a, a strong female character. TM. Yeah, I think that that's a pretty you know good example of a bad example of yeah. how to characterize your woman. Like Catwoman, she just has like a checkered past. That's all we know about it. We don't right. know anything about like her relationships with other people. I assume that she lives alone and has no friends, is my assumption about Catwoman. Um, yeah. And then, you know, even Rachel Dawes in the first two films, uh, like, she's a badass attorney, and she doesn't take no guff, but she always just ends up being a damsel in distress. Yeah. Either poisoned or kidnapped or strapped Exploded. to a bomb and murdered. Yep. In order to further the uh, characterization of the male protagonist. <laughs> yep. Yep. To make them smad. To make them smad. I really um, need to make this a thing. Everyone, yeah, tweet definitely. hashtag smad. Get it trending. Um, <laughs> give so us... maybe sort of to to wrap it up. Yeah. And it, with a nice little bow. Um, there's a lot of ways. To make your character strong. Um, totally. Like, think about the Powerpuff Girls who are strong in the violence sense, but also have feminine traits. Absolutely. And and I think, I think that's the real problem with strong female character is that it tends to overly rely on this idea that women need to be more masculine in order to be strong and that anything feminine can't be strong. Um, right. And this and, can also be mitigated very easily just by like putting more women into a, a movie. Oh, so like with so Black easily. Panther, exactly is the case. Like the mother doesn't really exhibit any masculine traits. No, but um, you know, Black Panther's royal guard, who are women, are, women. Are, you know, exhibit masculine traits, and then others exhibit feminine traits. You know, yeah. there's a variety. And so you get the sense that the creator um, the knows that there's the a variety of real life women. Yeah, they recognize that it's not just a distinction between femininity and masculinity. It's just a distinction between different types of ways to be strong. Yeah. And, and I think, again, they do it with because there's still a decent number of dudes in Black Panther, you know. Right. Um, and we get all sorts of them. And, and I think that's 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 really the most important part of writing is that we're trying to write the truth in some way even if that truth is masked in superheroes or sci-fi or a mystery you know we're we're trying to write interesting people and people are interesting and the way you do that is by having a variety of them available agreed so i just got done pretty much uh, watching the second season of Jessica Jones. Okay. What, what did you think of? What do you think of her as a strong female character? What is her? Where does she rate in terms yeah. of a protagonist who's a woman with superpowers? Yeah, definitely. This is a really interesting question. I think um, I'm only halfway through the season, um, but I. I I, I'll say this. I've been a little disappointed with season two. Um, yeah, season as, two is not good at all. But ca- season one, mm, 
season I one. Like season one. Season one's that good shit TM. Mm, it's so good. Um, <laughs> but season two, very poorly paced, very it, low stakes. It's poorly paced and there's low stakes, and I feel as though a lot of the strengths of season one um, diminish in season two. Uh, um, like the villain that doesn't exist in season two. There's no villain. <laughs> Guys, in, in season two, there's no villain. I'm I'm sorry <laughs> if that's a spoiler, alert. but there's I mean, just, there isn't any. It'll be in the spoiler tag. They'll know. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's just okay. So in season one, the most I mean, my my whole thing with season one of Jessica Jones is that it is all about power dynamics, and it's all about having this incredibly diverse cast of women um both absolutely both villainous and heroic and somewhere in between um and all and I, very well incorporated into the main plot which is facing a villain yes like there aren't a lot of like any subplot will interact with the main plot I yes think. yes so even Jerry's plot about getting a divorce it's a heavily heavily tied into the main plot of facing this terrible psycho rapist. Right. Whereas her subplot in season two is much less connected. Yeah. Uh, one, one might even say completely disconnected. <laughs> one might even say. Um, yeah. But, but so I don't know. It's hard to say because I think it does still do a good job of showing a diversity of women in the show. Um, and even taking some women who are tend to be strong and closed off and cold and making and them, them up and what opening them up, I said, yeah, yeah, making them a little bit more vulnerable, giving them a little bit more depth, um, answering some interesting questions or what ifs about them, um, sure. And, like, I, I think that's what's keeping me watching, honestly, um, because the, the pacing right. is a little slow, um, is, is really... You just kind of want to see what's going on with the characters and how they're going to resolve. Yeah, because I care about them a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like, and the show's like, done Jessica a great job. Jones, she does have a lot of masculine traits, like totally. we're talking about. Her violence, her misanthropy. She's characterized a lot like a classic noir protagonist. Yeah, she's very Especially quick. with alcoholism. Alcoholism, she's very quick sexually, you know, she just wants to fuck away the pain. Um. Sure. <laughs> um, but, like, at the same time, her relationships with other characters of various genders is, is what makes her relatable. Yeah. Um, in season one, especially... For me, that was her adoptive sister and oh, yeah. her love interest, Luke Cage, who both really brought out really interesting sides to her character. Definitely. Um, yeah, Jessica is, like, an incredibly strong center point. Like, she's just such a well-developed character, I think. Um, right. Like you, like so, you, like, well-written, but also strong. Yes, yeah. So, like, yeah, we're not saying that you can't have a woman who can punch out like 12 dudes and not have her be strong you know like like we want that that's cool but she just has to also do other things besides punch out 12 dudes right 
Which is why, in my opinion, building a better, building a stronger female character is really just about writing more human characters, Definitely. not writing Mary Sue's. Yeah. It's not really so much that we need to stop marketing characters as strong. No? Sure. Uh, I mean, you know, it's do we need to stop or will we stop is, I think, a hard question to answer. Because, right. you know, if saying, oh, this movie's got a strong female character in it is going to put a butt in a seat, like... It's going to get marketed that way, you know? Of course. But, like, would you go to see a movie that was like, we specifically have no strong female characters? No, but I would go see a movie that didn't use the marketing term strong female character, you know? But you like, would still want, because the, the tactic of marketing someone as strong, strong and female doesn't necessarily just mean using the words strong female character. You could see, like, th- that type of marketing is also done just through framing in a trailer or sure. the way that language is used in that trailer, you know, to convey badassery. Like, yeah. I think you're more likely to see a story with a an empowered f- female protagonist or deuteragonist than one where it's just a male power fantasy. Sure. Like, Ready Player One. <laughs> yeah. Um... Though I have heard it's better than the book. <laughs> well, yeah, sure. Let's go with that. Um, can can I just bring up one last interesting example? Bring up anything. All right. Um, in the there's a movie that Anne Hathaway starred in last year that I think I am like the only one who saw it, but it's fine. Um, it's a a movie called Colossal. Um, it's amazing. You should all go watch it. I highly recommend it. Um, but the the premise, for those of you who don't know, is Anne Hathaway's character is sort of a fuck-up. She goes home, back to her hometown from the big city. Uh, and then when she goes there, it suddenly turns out she can control a monster that starts attacking Korea. <laughs> um, oops. Oops. But, like, this movie is so interesting in how it deals with strength and power dynamics and, um, like, really good female character writing. Um, I think, I I don't know where I'm going with this exactly, but I, I just felt the need to bring it up because she does, there is violence in this movie. And, like, she is physically weaker than men in it. Um, okay. I see what you're saying. But, like, yeah. she also... I would call her a strong character, but I don't know if I need to put the word female in there. You know, like, that's that's sort of what I'm saying. It's like... Right. So, like, basically, one of the criticisms of... Uh, one of your criticisms of this strong female character trope is that it assumes that in order for a woman to be actualized in her story... She needs to not only be able to punch things, but be able to defeat men in a physical way, which women aren't always able to do because of real-life power dynamics that exist. Sure, yeah. So it creates this unrealistic expectation of women to just stand up for themselves, and that'll solve all women's problems, wherein the real solution is for men to accept the agency of women. Yeah. And I mean, I will say like 
the ending does involve some physical violence. Um, right. So it's not a perfect metaphor. But it but, is. But that that violence is clearly metaphorical. Yes. It's about giant monsters fighting, within us all. Fighting in Korea and Seoul. Get it? Exactly. It's their, it's their soul. Get it? It's their soul. But um, sh- <laughs> um, it's a really good movie, guys. Strong female characters. Woo! No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so like that's an example of someone who I think is a strong character who is also female. And right. I don't know. I, right. I think the sooner we can get rid of that word female from the strong character description, the better off we'll be, though I totally understand the need for it to be there since there has been such a lack until recently. I think this is a somewhat nuanced issue, but the solution to every issue in tropes tends to be avoid being too trope-like and write up to every character, write them like they're real people. And I think if we do that, maybe we'll stop hearing the term strong female character so much. I totally agree. But let us know if there are any hashtag strong female characters that you really like or that you really don't like. And uh, maybe we'll talk about them as part of some other trope that maybe they fulfill, like a gunslinging badass girl. Action girl. or Tank girl, which is a movie. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Whatever. Just let us know and uh, we'll... We'll talk about it. Yeah, you can find us on Twitter at Talking Tropes or on our Patreon. Which is also Talking Talking Tropes. Tropes, yeah. (laughs) Um, And we'll see you next time. See you then.